Welcome to season two of Girl Podcast. I'm SB, and on behalf of A to the Y and Kim C, I am happy to bring you the second episode of our new season. This week's episode is titled, How Are We Going to Hold the Biden-Harris Administration Accountable? In this episode, we invited George Vincent to join us as we have this conversation. George is a member of our Facebook community, and he has been very expressive during the election process on why he did not believe that Black people should vote for the Democratic Party. Listen in on this discussion. guest. He is one of our um, most active and engaged listeners on our Facebook group. His name is George Benson. And today we brought him on Girl Podcast so that we could discuss the Biden-Harris administration. Several of you might have witnessed the inauguration that took place on January 20th. While it was definitely different from what we're used to seeing in inaugurations, we know that this inauguration is coming after a very tumultuous time in the United States, after an insurrection, after 71 million people voted for the previous president, Donald J. Trump. And um, a lot of people were upset and there was a lot of controversies surrounding the election, not just the results, but should Black people support the Biden-Harris administration or Democrats in general? So we brought someone on to the show because they have proven to us time and time again that they saw reason for us to not support the Biden-Harris administration. The reason we're doing the show is to see how can we hold them accountable for the things that they have said during the election process. And we brought George on and I want him to take some time to introduce himself (laughs) because I kind of gave kind of a long introduction on him, but I needed you to know some background on him so that you can know why we chose him to speak on behalf of people who do not support him because generally on this podcast I would say that A to the Y, Kim C and Kim B, we all share the same opinion that if you did not vote for the Biden and Harris administration that you were for Donald Trump and I think George has a different perspective on that. Everybody welcome George to the stage. Welcome. welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hey um my name is George. Um, I'm originally from Columbia, South Carolina. Um, right now, I'm residing in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I won't say I'm a Trump. I'm not a Trump supporter at all. Uh, but I just have some strong feelings on Black people's connection to politics. And so that's all I want to talk about today. Okay. What are what are your feelings about black people's connection to politics? I think the two-party system has let us down tremendously over the years. And I hate that it comes to the point where if you don't support Biden and Kamala, then you're automatically a Trump supporter. I mean, 
it's it's like if I don't agree with if I don't totally agree with Biden and Kamala, I don't want to be labeled as someone who agrees with Trump. I don't believe in any ideals. There is a third party. They may not win, and we know they're probably not going to, but I think it's okay for me to launch my support behind them. That's that's just really my thoughts. I don't believe... Even, even if you even if you risk losing the election to a person uh, like uh, maybe, okay, let's say Donald Trump is gone, he's impeached for the second time, he cannot run again if, if that passes through the Senate, okay? What if Donald Trump had won and a huge part of that, what we've learned from, you know, prior elections in history is that when um, they're two part, we have a two party system primarily in the United States, but we've seen over and over again where there's been a third party and that party generally takes from the Democrats and that will allow Republicans to stay in power. So some, sometimes that works against our interests. And we do have to choose the lesser of two evils. I think that voting for a third party, it is a show of it's a it's a show of your voice, but it does not get the job done. And what I was basically saying is that you need to play to win. And playing to win means you vote for a party that's gonna get you closer to your ideas, not further away from them. Yeah. When have black people really won in this country? And we've been voting for a long time. Well, we definitely won in the 50s and 60s. We definitely did make strides. And to not acknowledge that is is a very young perspective to have. I personally have my feelings on integration. So I don't, I don't even want to go into that. So I don't want to Forget win. integration. <laughs> Think about what, it, what the way we got to be able to vote did not have to do with integration because we were not integrated. We were we were voting before we were integrated. So those things, the reason we even had a Greenwood or um, uh, I guess that Greenwood was Tulsa, um, but yeah. there's, there's so many places, a Rosewood or, you know, all these different black metropolitan cities or, or a Durham or, you know, like things of that nature, those came from black people voting and being able to mobilize within their own circle before we were integrated. Voting helped those things come to be. And they didn't go back and change the policies that were put in place after we integrated. It's just that the system of capitalism, it, you know, really does support white supremacy in this country. So so that's, that's the setup, but that has nothing to do with voting doesn't work because voting does work and we've proven that and you can say it didn't work in your lifetime but you wouldn't be where you are in your lifetime without what happened prior okay. to that okay let me first national voting like on the president level that's what I'm referring to I'm not referring to local elections okay I'm not referring to local like local issues and everything like that I'm referring to national in terms of allowing us to vote that is what it has done um, ending ending slavery that that was on a national level but a lot most like in most people's lives in most of you know people who live in the United States local elections affect them more than anything so that's what I'm speaking to but um, everything is top down like without certain statutes and policies being in place at the top 
the bottom wouldn't even have the 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 ability to to put certain policies in place and i think you have to recognize that when you say that doesn't work like when you look at um like i said like the ability to vote healthcare concerns all of those things affect us on a national level healthcare especially is a great example because if everyone in this country had healthcare that would be a huge burden off of a lot of people in their pockets and we know that like what is it that you feel like you need to see at the national level be it big or small that will make you feel like we have won like our voting matters it counts like just some examples of what it is that you need to see you know in place to to make it feel like that because like Sheena said earlier it's we're still new like these people that look like us are just getting into position and it, it requires um work on all fronts to make things happen like yeah we had um obama up there but he couldn't do much because the system of white supremacy prevailed with him in a lot of instances and then we you know we have other people that are in different positions of office but again it's these systems in place that are you know trying to to I don't know, trying to take in their light in a lot of instances and not allow them to move forward things that will help even them in the long run. But because it's a somebody of color trying to push it through, they don't want to let it work. So anyway, back to my question. So what would you like to see at a national level to say, oh, this this is, I can see my vote. It matters. I see. One thing I would like to see is we all know COVID affected black business disproportionately the the white business it a lot more of us closed down i would like to see if he can do something to help that along with more aid um also with the funding he said in his plan in his plan that he was going to eliminate like the unfair lending and the gap between like we, even with the PPP loans and everything like that, how black businesses, a lot of black businesses didn't get that. And studies came out and show, will show that our businesses didn't get that uh, funds. I think he needs to do something with that, addressing that. Um, basically, I just want equity. If he can do, uh, eliminate, uh, he, in his plan, he said he's going to eliminate the funding gap between white in non-white uh, school districts. That will help so much if we can empower our schools because that's that's our future, that's our kids. Things like that, things that can give us equity. I will be happy. I'm not asking for the world, but hey, black I people did, got you in office? I did hear him speak on that in one of his statements somewhere. Or maybe it was on CNN. I can't remember. I can bring it up, but it does sound like that is a priority that he is um, looking into to try and you know close that gap, as you mentioned. But I think that um, yeah, it's, it's a he has a slate. He has a clean slate now, so he made some promises, and there's some things that he has to you know focus on and make sure he brings to the table and make sure he definitely are, is focused on and addressing. But um, he needs that time though. Like he, what's this day number? What day we on? 
<laughs> I mean, this is the weekend. He got in, in, inaugurated on Wednesday. Yeah, so I mean, I see, two pe- days I see people like, it's been 24 hours and he had like, dude. Like, <laughs> that's, and you know, that's so funny when it comes to the PPP loans. Um, or, the, or for small business because all I heard or grants, oh, yeah. yeah all I heard about was the people that actually got in trouble for spending spending the money where they weren't supposed to spend it so that was pretty interesting I had never I hadn't heard that there was a disproportionate amount of black businesses that weren't getting um, the loans and I guess it's kind of split up in two where it's like helping the small business or making sure that they can pay their payroll. And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's because I know there are some businesses that don't have all their accounting together. And I think a lot of the lenders needed to see financials. Like you pretty much have to prove that you um, have lost money or or losing money um, from that standpoint. But I do hope that with the second round that was initiated, that I hope that a lot of people reach out and try to get the help or get the information so that they can apply for those loans and eventually get those loans forgiven so that we can help you know to keep these businesses afloat yeah and and let's just be clear for our audience um to let them know what these ppo loans are but it's basically paycheck protection program for you know for businesses and um, what happened was um, when you look at a lot of uh, mom and pop businesses, um, they don't tend to have a lot of employees, um, but there's still a need to stay uh, to have employees working. You know, and I, I actually saw a special on this on um, 2020 where there were it, and this is what I what I noticed is that um it did seem like it was an unfortunate, unfairly targeting, like like unfairly declining black business owners. I noticed that as well. But I also know that that was that occurred during the time of, um, and not not that that was so long ago. I'm gonna be honest with you, but I think a change of administration will definitely change how money is lent, how people are managed at the top. And I can't say that I trust anything that was occurring during the Trump administration. Um, so uh, with this being a new administration, I hope that, you know, since a lot of those um, issues were pointed out, like in, in several in several um, news, news organizations covered the story um, about how minority owned businesses were last in line to receive loans. Um, and and this is what I noticed is that the the people who were receiving loans, they weren't necessarily small businesses. They might be like, um, uh, you know, I'll use, you know, my husband works in the car industry. So uh, like a car dealership and they might have multiple car dealerships, but that's not, they're not a corporation necessarily or a large business. So they might still have hundreds of employees, but not quite 500 employees, you know, or whatever the requirement is. And they get, they, they're getting millions of dollars, you know? So it is unfair and unproportionate. I do agree with you. Um, but if you saw that, you think that that would give you some hope into holding them accountable? Because George, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not about giving them any type of leeway. I went hard for Biden and Harris, and I expect them to deliver. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I love 
you know, Kamala Harris. I love what she's doing. I love that she went to my alma mater and that she's always repping for black people. But I am holding her accountable. Yeah. And if she doesn't come through, that I will be right on the side with you being like, look, what's up? What's up, Harris mm-hmm. and Biden? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do not take the foot off the neck. We need to keep yeah. our foot on the neck. On. And let's not right. fall for let's not fall for the antics of like, okay, yes, you gave us a quote unquote black vice president and wanting wanting us to just go and sit in the corner now. Like, okay, oh you yeah. you know, don't just give us the decorations and the fashion. Actually give uh-huh. us give us things that's going to help our community be better like at the end of the day we're here we're in america we don't have technically have any other home to go to so we have to make it here and we want to be you know we want to give back to the america to the united states we want to be a part of america but if you just if they're not including us or taking care of us then of course we're fending for ourselves and that's not helping our community. So I just hope people, you know, with the chucks and the pearls, like, okay, fine. But now that it's been, it's been almost a week. Let's put our foot on their necks and let's come up with what, what we're expecting. Cause with four years, I don't want to hear, oh, they didn't have the Senate in the house. They have, we set them up to pretty much answer our demand. Thank you. Thank exactly you. we did and uh, thank you georgia and stacy abrams <laughs> <laughs> you know i was so happy to see that and i did you notice that the insurrection happened after you know we won the senate i was like just like these people they i'm gonna tell you something white people are fully aware that this system is tilted in their direction they might pretend like you're crazy you don't understand oh you're big nothing's against you you know stop asking for a handout but they are fully mm-hmm. aware mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. this is tilted in their they crying direction. like you're treating me like a black person <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if, if you get a chance if you get a chance and if you can find it go and read that 1776 project that Trump was trying to initiate and you will see that they clearly know what this system is about. So I'm, yeah, I just pulled up the Forbes article. It doesn't talk about the resources, but I did rehear that somewhere, but it does say that the proposed Biden Harris relief package allocates 15 billion in equitably distributed grants to 1 million underserved small businesses. Furthermore, there's a proposed $35 billion investment in state, local, tribal, and nonprofit small business financing programs, which are expected to propel an aggregated $175 billion in loans and other forms of capital investment into these markets. So they have it out there. We just got to see it pushed through. Is it? Oh, and, sorry. Uh, did it say that go was ahead, for George. minorities or for Black people? It don't, it don't never say just strictly black. Well, it says the policy outlines a clear intention to deploy capital to black and Latino owned small businesses. A segment in the See. a segment in the small business economy that has been proportionately impacted by the COVID-19 global pandemic. I, I just want to say right. get a prosecutor you get a black person you put them in the position where they can be a lawyer and represent the state that is a good position for someone with her background to have and while 
what I see is when we say Biden has only been in office a weekend or whatever, he signed 30 executive orders. And in that yes. time, and who was covered in those orders? Native Americans. Uh, you had the um, Mexican immigrants. Muslims. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where was African Americans got you in office? You couldn't have signed, uh-huh. you couldn't have done anything, any uh, order for us? When I look at that, I'm going to just, I'm going to tell you, I feel, yes, I, I agree. What was there that, what was, what was it? Was there something that he could just with the stroke of a pen sign and change our life changes automatically? I don't know. But what I do know is that they're trying to currently dig in some of the Native American lands and um, the previous person. He was equal opportunity <laughs> racist, so he was at everybody's throat, but we actually, Hey, hey, but, hey. But, but, he, but hey, hold on. He, but, he pardons Kodak Black. Uh, Come on. Yeah, oh, please. I don't see why uh, Nobody <laughs> like Kodak Black. Yeah. <laughs> Kodak Black be saying all types of things. That's why he likes them. Can you like see that. the people right, he pardoned? Yeah. Like, there is no redeeming redeeming factors in most of them. I'm the ma- great majority of them. So, nah. Well, let, let me let me say this, though. But, like, the digging in their land and stuff like that, that was to put a halt to that because I do believe Donald Trump has signed some right before he left office. He had given contracts to some of his mm-hmm. friends so that they could dig and start that, start that process right away. I think that was to stop that. The Native Americans that are locked up in cage—I mean, not Mexican the Native Americans—the Mexican immigrants that are locked up in cages and need to be reunited with their families ASAP—that needs to happen. I do believe maybe something he could have done something with um, mass incarceration, possibly for you know for Black people or for um, you know Black people who have been locked up for um non uh violent crimes or something to that degree but i don't i think he was trying to reverse the damage that donald j trump had did the day before he left office like you would be surprised at the havoc he was trying to um put down and put in place but sheena let me ask you this oh i'm sorry i'm sorry it wasn't even about that but let me say real quick he left he let the staff go home the day of the inauguration like this dude so they said that there was nobody to greet the Bidens when they got there because um, the Trump administration had let the staff go home. Yeah, they're like the worst losers ever. The worst. <laughs> you know what? But petty, back to the, petty. the other thing you said, my problem with that is, you know what? Every The Republican Party, as bad as it's been, they appeal to their base. They recognize who got them in office over other people issue they recognize who got them in office and my problem with democrats okay you want to reverse things for other people who got you in office i mean i I do care about every other people's issues let me say that but my thing is we got yeah you're right office so you need to take care of black people i'm tired of us being pushed to the back burner to be in this we are the world type movement we're supposed to sit in the back burner Oh, oh! Let let them get their rights. Let them get their rights. Let them get their stuff. We can wait. Yeah. No, we can't. Yeah, be patient. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. And let me just say, uh, Latinas, Hispanics, I, they the the amount the percentage of people who voted for Donald Trump increased in this election. So yes, I understand how you feel. I I'm pissed off about that too. 
I'm not pissed off that kids are not going to be in cages yeah, yeah. anymore. You know, I'm not pissed off about that. But what I am, I, I agree with you 100%. And sometimes that's hard to convey when we're talking about a subject and it's in writing. But I can personally tell you that we, we have the same objective but different ways to get there. I think we're going to take different paths to get there. And I think that's where our differences lie. And I'm glad that you decided to come on and that you were willing to come on for us to express your need because sometimes, and I'm going to be real clear with you, sometimes your opinion looks like I'm voting for Donald Trump because, you know, of this and that. And while you did not come out and say that, you were against the other side that had the opportunity to win and the possibility that you might have been voting for um, Joe Joe uh, Joe Jansen or what what was her name the other one uh, was George Jansen or Kanye or Kanye or Kanye West <laughs> now my 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 was high but but he wasn't in the game uh, he had been disqualified you know or he didn't disqual- he disqualified he went, stuff he, he ran for mayor in New York that, yeah. so he moved to New York he can vote for him. Well, Sheena, you know why yeah. my opinion is like that sometimes? It, it doesn't come across perfect. I think Trump, he's a racist. He's stupid. He's offensive. Um, I think Joe Biden has, he's nicer. But I, I don't trust, uh, just to be honest, I'm not racist, but I don't trust the intentions of rich, older white men. I don't. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's valid. And, same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and I know why you feel that way because I feel the same way and I'm you know uh, and you're talking about with power and in politics not just walking down the street yeah with right? power and yeah. politics and my thing is yeah. I didn't like Trump but you know what I felt Trump brought people black people to action and the thing I don't want is I don't want our fire to be I put out or I don't want us lulled to sleep by a false sense of comfort because Democrats are in yeah. office and they're being nice. Nah, we need to keep that fight. Yeah. Amen to that because that's what happened with the Obama administration and like a lot of like I don't know if my co-hosts agree with me or not but the way that I feel I do not feel that the Obama administration did anything for black people outside of the optics it was nice to see yeah Michelle Obama looked fire at the (laughs) inauguration you know it's good to see a black man with a black woman in the White House with their two black kids yes I love that you know oh and grandma was there you know like I love that don't get me wrong like like I said, I said on, like we did, we recorded a show a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, I love that the mayor wrote Black Lives Matter on 16th Street Northwest in Washington, D.C. That was huge, right? But I don't love the mayor. And she's a black woman because I know what she stands for. And I, I loved Obama. I thought that he was going to do so much for us. And he did not do anything specifically to uplift black people. Now, he didn't exclude us, okay? He did not exclude us from the improvements that he made. But to say that he did something that that directly helped the black community, I can't name a single thing. And that saddens me, you know, because I want to be supportive. I consider myself to be pro-black, not just pro-black in my political decisions, but in my actions who I marry, you know, like I marry a black man, all of those things, you know, matter to me. And um, I still think that he had an opportunity to do something for us and he dropped the ball because he was so worried 
about being the black president and not appealing, not being seen like that to white people, that he didn't do anything for us. And that was disappointing after him being in office for eight years. And it shows you what the Democrats, this is why, this is why I don't trust the Democrats. They have shown us what their, um, who they're focused on. They're focused on the LGBT crowd, and uh, and they're also focused on immigrants, like Mexican immigrants and everything like that. I think personally, if they didn't have to depend on the black vote, they would replace us with LGBT, which we know discriminates against black members in LGBT community. And uh-huh. if, if, right. if Mexican immigrants, if they would vote for them, they would get rid of black people. I, that's what I personally think. And even with a black president, we couldn't get anything passed. And then you stick Kamala in front of me, which she was a former prosecutor, which this is her job. It was just her job, I understand. But who comes, who majority is in the system? Black males. And then she has a white husband. And then you tell me that she's supposed to care about me. It, it don't add up. Wait, her, okay, first of all, her being a prosecutor, there are black prosecutors all across this country. And black people are targeted by the system but that that is a long stream of system way before they get to that prosecutor our laws are, are structured against black people starting from the slave codes uh, during the sharecropping days after after um you know slavery ended yeah. okay so so in in terms of that like that comes from a long line way before they get to a prosecutor we're targeted yeah. Um, I hear you that she's a prosecutor, but when white people are prosecutors, we don't be like, well, they're they're a prosecutor. I would never vote for them because we will vote for a prosecutor if they were white. It's just that they were white. I bet they would prosecute, be, yeah, be harsher on black people than a black prosecutor is on black people. And I don't like, you know, this is this is how I had to separate it. People were like, well, she put black people in prison. Were black people not committing crimes? No, they were. Some of them were. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Were there, and and some of them were innocent, just like in any system. So I think that she was doing her job. I did not hear that she was stricter or more harsh than any other prosecutor. In fact, I absolutely heard the opposite. I did hear about the uh, school issue where she had threatened to put parents in jail, but not a single parent, although they were arrested, spent a single day in jail, but they were arrested for, what's it called? Truancy. What's the law truancy. for you? Uh, truancy, the truancy issue. I also heard about marijuana and how she she did arrest, I mean, she didn't arrest, but she did prosecute people who had marijuana offenses, but she also put a program in place to help them work out of that. Now, I don't know what you know about being in the system, but I have had, I'm not in the system. I've never been arrested. Let me state that. But I have known people close to me and personally who have been in the system and prosecutors are not working with you. They're not trying to set up programs to get you back into society. And those were things that were commonly said about Kamala Harris. So what do you have to say about that aspect of what I just gave you? And then we will touch on the marrying the white man part. Welcome to season two of Girl Podcast. 
We are happy to kick off our second season during Black History Month. Join us this season as we talk about current events, the insurrection, and white supremacy. The new Biden-Harris administration. How are we going to hold them accountable? Relationships during COVID. Has spending too much time together caused you to reevaluate your entire relationship? Fatherhood in the Black community. The expectation of sex in marriage. Do men have a leg to stand on when it comes to judging women? Is the term female offensive? Why? And since when? Join us this season as we have guest appearances from our podcast social media platforms, as well as up-and-coming business owners. In the meantime, be sure to catch up on Season 1. Listen to Girl Podcast on any podcast platform. before George goes. I I think at some point we're going to have to get away with having someone that looks like us in that position. We we need to basically say need more of us. Our our voting power it doesn't matter if they black, white, Indian, Maxon. You want our vote? This is what we want cuz if we get stuck on like you say the person can be skin folk but not kin folk and so we get caught uh-huh. up in oh there's a black um, prosecutor and this is and that but that prosecutor is taking money from Joe Smo down the street and they can be just as <laughs> bad as anybody as a white person so again I'm thinking like we as a black community we have we know it's been documented we show we proved it that our vote matters so we have to like literally if we can just organize and say listen y'all don't have to give us a black nothing just you want our vote you're going to get our vote but we need this we have to demand it because again i think they're trying to pacify us with like okay we'll give you a black mayor we'll give you a black president and then at the end of the day that person gets in office and they don't do anything and then we're crying saying we gave you guys that our votes we need to organize specifically come up with what we need for our community and that is who we put in office republican democrat i don't care if they're the green party this is we have the power to give you the vote so you need to listen to us. I agree. I agree. And the right. thing about it, the thing about us is that we're not we're the, we're not just oh we just want to look out for ourselves. Even the things that we demand will help the Hispanics, will help the poor. So it's not even like we're asking oh just us, just us. We want stuff in place. It's definitely going to help our black community, but it's also going to help the white poor, the um, Hispanics, and the immigrants. It's going to help everybody. So it's like a win-win, except for white white, white supremacy. They lose, and they don't yeah, like it. So all eyes are on Biden yeah. and Kamala now, but you know there are steps in that process because you still got to deal with Congress and they go in there and make their own decisions even though their people might be for might be against they don't even care it's whatever decision they want to make so the real question is how do we at our level get to sway those decisions and impact those decisions because that's where a lot of decisions are being made at this point we talk about Obama and how he didn't do things you know specifically for black people um, you know, I 
I benefited from his everybody's systems at the time he was in office. So I was appreciative of that. I wasn't focused on, you know, with my circumstances, I wasn't focused on if it was a black thing or anybody thing. I was like, um, can you help me with my mortgage? Um, can you help me with my health care? Because I was in need of those things. But um I, my question is in terms of Congress, like they're the ones that's making decisions. They're passing these laws and, you know, setting these policies. Yes, we have these executive orders, but there's other things that need to happen. So we need to be able to figure out how we can, yes, Biden is up there, but we also need to apply pressure to our representatives. So that's where we need to be working as well. Well, yeah, now we have that. It's a, it's a Democrat uh, yeah. Senate. Senate. Well, sort of, because so um, yeah. Mitchell McConnell is still trying to call the shots. We can't. <laughs> well, that, he that needs long, man up. I mean, not he, I'm Schumer. But yeah, he's trying to, you know, get keep the filibuster oh, yeah. and call all the shots about everything. And that should not be the case. Definitely should not be the case. Mitch McConnell's only yeah. doing what I expect him to do. I don't expect white people not to advocate for their uh, privilege or whatever. So I right. understand. I'm yeah. not mad at that. I'm just I'm like, mad. He needs to sit out somewhere. <laughs> he need to go sit out somewhere. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Sat I think down. still, yes, yeah. you have a demo- a democrat democratic um Congress, you know, majority, but still the the demands and the things that we say we want needs to be in their hands. They need to be presenting that, voting on that, getting that pushed through. Because that's where, you know, all of those decisions are being made on our behalf. Before we go to that, can we address the Kamala Harris thing? Oh, yeah. What? Let's finish with Kamala Harris. You're right. So what part did you want to address? You didn't get to respond. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. prosecutor in the 90s. And we know uh, California okay. was one of the most aggressive states out with locking people up. So she was a. My thing is, even if she didn't come out specifically and say, "Oh, I just want to lock black people up," the thing is, there's some bias there because you you were a prosecutor during the highest time of incarceration, and I haven't heard any good things that you did. And then I have. Well, I mean, I've heard small things that didn't get counteracts with the locking moms up for truancy and stuff like that but what i'm saying is but she didn't lock moms up she arrested them because they weren't sending their kids to school but none of the all of the moms have come out in the public and said we spent not a single day in jail we got arrested because our children were not going to jail hundreds of days like this was yeah, hundreds of days. We have, we both have school-age children, George. But examine like, that. We're in different positions if, than these people probably were. Examine why that happens. Don't lock them up. But yeah, that's the, thing, no, that's the thing, though. No, no. We they would lock us up. No. They would lock but that's us the, up. They would lock the black thing. people up. But that's Those the thing about people. everything that's going on with the, um, the crime, and, and even with Joe Biden, because he kind of got some slack for supporting the crime bill is that the black community we were out crying to them to the federal government to the states to help us with the crime in our community and that's what they came yeah. up with nobody knew that oh by the way they were going to be doing we didn't pay attention oh they're going to be doing unfair sentences because at the same time we're crying now help us help us we have all this crime and murders in our community so at the end of the day i really feel like they was trying 
to help in a sense, but it just did not help. Because even the truancy thing sounds like, okay, we're trying to get the parents to send these kids to school once so they could be out of the street and not in trouble. But we need to find some kind of way to enforce it. Probably didn't wasn't the ideal thing to do, but at the end of the day, I think they were just trying to find something because everybody was out crying about the crime. And but you know that's not an right. excuse. Yeah, from the from the local level, this came up. This came up through the ranks of the local level, the crime bill, and black it had a support of black communities across America and especially in places like uh, Oakland. Um, and in Compton and in black neighborhoods of the NAACP, who at the time was definitely the organization to speak for the people and (laughs) a lot of black leaders. Well, I hear you, but during that time, yeah, maybe during that time, you might have been like, okay, yes, I support the NAACP because like the the tone of of organizations change as as or as leadership changes but this is was a this was a cry from help because like we had i, I mean dc oh, yeah. in the 80s and the 90s like violence here was crazy that you know all types of crack and cocaine and i'm not saying that you know uh it was unlivable or anything like that but people were getting murdered in the street i have a story to tell you about that yeah. the house that i bought I have a, a, a very interesting story to tell you <laughs> about my neighborhood. If y'all hear this story, you'll be like, wow, DC was all I'm not going to say what you're my dad and I'm not. <laughs> no, no, no. But let me tell you, no, it's a, it's a great story. Let me let you know. <laughs> you're not coming to visit? What? No, 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 no. But no, no listen, I, I guess I'll tell the story real quick, okay? So DC was violent. I mean, like, it was crack, cocaine, everybody's selling crack and cocaine. Um, a woman lived in the house with her husband and her kids, right? And um, she cheated on him, right? And she was messing with him. He lived in the neighborhood and he was a drug dealer. And the man got mad and was like, fight, gonna fight the guy and basically beat him up. The drug dealer burned the you house inside. Um, the house <laughs> no no one was inside the house they left oh, they yeah. escaped the house no one died inside the house you guys okay um but the drug dealer burned the house down and that's how the house that i bought we, you know that that's the story of the house that i bought um yeah and sat there on the corner and watched it burn too and watched them leave out the house and was like yeah and what like there's a lot of stories about you know things that have happened in the city uh, related to drugs and and like how the the city was ran by by the mayor was doing cr- crack. the crack and <laughs> I just wanted to also correct yeah. that um, yeah, Mary, Mary. yeah she was the she was elected general um, attorney general in two thousand four so the early two thousands well uh, okay. she became a prosecutor in the night right. attorney general in two thousand but she was a prosecutor in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the crime bill, the crime bill was something that the black community asked for. What about that aspect? Because like when we don't know things, we, you know, when you know something different, you do different, right? But we didn't know when, when the crime bill was formulated, people were consulted in these black communities. What do you need? What do you want? We didn't know it would look like fathers, you know, a fatherless home or men just coming off the street for all types of things. We should have known. But we did not know. And we had the support. Our politicians were advocating for this crime bill. 
So to say that, you know, she was operating in a time where the crime bill was established and, and, and enacted, you know, just like Joe Biden said, like he said, when they created those policies, they worked closely with the black community to put them in place and they gave them they what us. they asked for. And so, yes, why do you say they were tricked? Sometimes, sometimes a rule, you don't know how oh, they do how when it's put into look, action. Even when George have, Bush got up there and said he was with the whole, uh, with the programs, like when he put the, uh, the welfare queens and stuff like that and funneling into the crime bill and things like that. And Joe Biden's speeches, they knew exactly what was going to happen. Black people didn't know. They, we thought, okay, we're going to, we just need help. We just need help. They had this, they had this planned out. They gave us the poison and they gave us the so-called yeah. solution to the poison. Yeah, exactly. And Joe Biden was behind that. Uh-huh. He was a fierce advocate. So, and maybe he felt that way in the seventies and maybe he feels different in what well, really he doesn't because he said he wouldn't apologize for it like Bill Clinton did, but he, you gotta, it's just hard like when you put them in front of us and then when we can transition into the white husband thing that that'll jump forward to my point (laughs) (laughs) okay let's definitely talk about the white husband let's go let's go right in i mean i don't want to hold any punches i want to get straight to it let's talk tell me i'll tell you how i feel if i know how i feel as a black woman i would not have voted for barack obama if he was married to a white woman absolutely not because i do believe in the uh, i believe that optics are important and i see that enough already in hollywood you know although 85 percent of black men are married to black women I know that image does a lot for the black community, just like it did a lot for us to see that black man with that black woman uh, and those black children in the White House. It does a lot when you see a prominent black figure, whether he be an actor or a politician with a black with a white woman, you see him differently. And I think that's a that's a part of the intention behind 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 the marriage. And that's just that's me that's how I feel not everything is political but the way I see things I look through a political lens and I believe that marriage is a political decision and you knew yeah you knew that you had the you might be thinking about running and you have your white wife beside you and I think that America um, white people want to see want to see us with them and that gives them comfort to see a black man with a white woman or a black woman with a white man is like oh okay they must be okay because that white person can vouch for but, that I white mean, person has skin in the game I mean, yeah, they, they know how to black. deal with that person and it's a generalization that's what I'm not saying all and she's interracial of relationship just, just like yeah, yeah. Barack Obama is so I mean from uh, my perspective I'm not from an interracial you know relationship my mother is black my father is black everybody in my line at that from all the way up is you know black to black but I think that for them it may you know I mean clearly Barack <laughs> he wasn't about that but he got him some Michelle but I mean for her it may not be when he did the white girl well don't speak so book. quick Cause there's a book. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was he wanted to. Marry I mean, but white woman. ultimately yeah. he got so him some that's Michelle. Not true. Ultimately, Michelle <laughs> and he, he ain't let her go. Oh. 
But um, which we which we think uh-huh. which we it has been said that that was kind of set up. She's the only thing that validated him with the uh-huh. black community, Michelle. Exactly. That's the only thing that we have uh-huh. in common with Barack Obama. His parent, his dad is from Kenya, and his mom is white. Yeah. Well, that's that's the situation in my house. My husband has a white mother and his dad is black. His dad is African. Yes, looks... thank you. Thank you. Who who is, is African American or from Okay. Yes, his dad is black. Yeah. Uh-huh. I prefer the term black in term of instead of African American because Africans have been, you know, have been supporting Donald Trump and saying that, you know, black people over here are not African. I don't want you, if you don't want me to be African, I don't have to be African. Uh, I'm happy to be a Black American American because all Africans do is try to emulate Black American Again, so that's saying that Barack Obama's father was from Kenya. He was African. Uh His mom was white. Uh So he, the closest that they have in common with us is Michelle Obama, who is black, Black. Right, yeah. And who had slave the great grandparents from South Carolina. South Carolina. Right. So I mean I was yep. I was trying yeah. to say yeah. that yeah I yeah. mean I, I guess if he was married to a white woman it would have definitely changed the whole project whole vision. The whole visual would be different for sure. Maybe again, yes, I can't feel the same way a black male might feel in terms of this black woman has a white woman uh, white woman <laughs> a white man on her side. But at the same time, it's like, we don't, do we know her challenges, her stories, her dating? Do we know what has transpired in her life or it's an end on a white male? Like, we don't know those stories about people. But you can't blame if she uh, have a bad experience do. with a black guy. I'm not saying that's not what I said. What I'm saying is we don't know the history. We don't know how he came to be like how it landed on him well i know the story that i know is that she was messing with a married politician which to me is irrelevant because so many men mess with women while they're married um but he said he was separated because i was just reading through that just a few moments ago but she was young and he was old so that was a whole nother so but anyway that's not even (laughs) yeah and Right. And then that didn't work out. And then she got set up on a blind date with the person that she's currently married to. I don't even know. What's his name? The, Doug, what's the second gentleman? Doug, the United M. Hoff, name? Like <laughs> Doug Probably Billy. Imhoff. Right. And <laughs> Doug. Nah. Doug. <laughs> that would I'm make his playing. name. I'm just playing. Okay, I'm just yeah. Playing. So Doug, we did it, Doug. We did it. Doug. We did it. <laughs> right right exactly um and it worked out for her and um but she had she has dated she dated montel williams the talk show host the black talk show host which yeah okay (laughs) she can have the okay didn't he have some controversial ways too didn't he have some controversial ways with the black community exactly yeah. He 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 was mad no, to he white had some people. Issues with like yes, against black yes. people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh really? Okay. Let me look it up. I'm over here. With, I'm over here what? on the fact check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think he got canceled so, before um, he was canceled. 
um, culture. <laughs> I used to watch the oh, show okay. too. I knew I used to watch the show because I. Used to... Why are we talk about uh-huh. Montana? Let's uh, we'll we'll do the research and come back. <laughs> um, I know you got on your pearls and chucks, so I know you're gonna go hard for comedy, but. I had no pearls and chucks on. I had a Howard shirt on. That's what I did. Because I don't wear shoes in my house. And yeah. I don't own pearls. So, you know. <laughs> but no, I also don't want it to be confused with like the AKA thing. And so that's why I didn't. Because, you know, my sister is an AKA. And I just know how sensitive they well, are. Some people equate it to the RBG. What is it? RGB? RBJ. RBG. Gator Ganner. They tried to hijack. Yeah. Yeah. Ginsburg. I know she wore a collar, but she had a, well, a famous the white, collar she would wear over the her, white people version. Um, and my robe, craft groups was oh, yeah, because Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg wore them. That's why we're wearing them. <laughs> they were completely off. <laughs> uh, sure, I don't get that one. <laughs> but but whatever also, works. Yeah, not to totally switch. That brings an interesting point. That if you notice, Kamala had um. Her parents, like, where was her dad from? Jamaica. Her mom was from Jamaica, uh, like Indian, right? Barack's mom was white. His father was African. Uh We really haven't had an actual African American, and I don't know if they'll vote one in because maybe they'll vote towards our um, things we want more. I think that Kamala is more of a Black American than Barack Obama was because he was also raised and lived in other places. Kamala was raised in a part of Oakland. She was born in Oakland, California. Oakland is a black city. It's like very, it's like a DC or something like that, you guys. It's not, it's not like- Yeah, Oakland is definitely the hood of San San Francisco. I remember going there on a Howard too. Okay. Urban, urban, urban hood. hood. I grew up in a hood. Urban. I know a hood when I see a hood. <laughs> um. Right, like, and she grew, and her mother knew that she, and she went to Howard University. She didn't like dodge the fact that she was black or not try to be black. Howard, and I can attest to this from experience. Is it the hood? Is, is it very black place? Is okay. it? It's gentrified now. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. <laughs> no. It's no, not the it's school, not the area the around is not gentrified. The, the area around what is Howard the non black population? Yes, but uh, or is on on its way or at how it's like less than one percent right now. We haven't been to school to have this influx of, of uh, undergraduates be white like a lot of uh, HBCUs have. I checked. Yeah, it's 84 percent. Right. Um, graduate schools and you know, like medical schools, I'm, no. No, I'm talking about undergrad. Uh, Look at under the undergrad percentage, not the overall. The medical school and uh, law school, they have been there. There's a lot of different races there. And keep in mind, you are dealing with people who are Dominican, who will not say that they are black. You are dealing with people who claim culture over their blackness, too. So that is also a part of it. There's also a huge Indian population that attend Howard Medical Schools and dental schools and law schools. <laughs> I check. Yeah. Don't don't come on this platform talking about you gonna talk tell me something about Howard University, sir. Okay? Let's let's just get that straight. But- <laughs> 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 
That's yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm not. <laughs> no, no. I know. I know the shot you trying to take about Rim Rim. You trying to get us on Rim Rim, but we got we already right, covered right, that right, in right. our clubhouse broadcast. I got, but it is an experience, right. like you said, um, SB. Uh, when you go there, you uh-huh. definitely it takes away. Or at least for me, I felt like it took away having to like focus on. You being black and everybody being different, and you just focus on learning your learning your culture and learning about black people. Yeah, being yourself. Yeah, you didn't have to. You no longer had to worry about how people were going to take you. You just went and that that worry was gone. And I don't think people realize how good that feels to have that worry gone. You could just be yourself. That's how white people live in the world. They just live in the world. They're just themselves. They get to focus on what what makes them happy and great and they're not sitting there trying to prove you know their whiteness or that you know they can fit into this white world because they're already white and the right. world is white around Oliver them. Otis and that's Howard. What Howard gives General you. Oliver Otis Howard I think I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to diminish her blackness or anything like that um, I'm just asking will it, is it strong enough for the agenda of the Democratic Party we don't, I don't care about her. I mean, oh. I'm happy for our blackness and that it shows that we can achieve, we can, as they say, break the ceiling. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I keep saying, you are in this position and the black people put you there, so you need to do something for us. I don't care if you're purple, black, white, or yellow at this point. So the question again exactly. arises in my mind and I do, agree does with she that. have to say or does it have to be said this is for my black people specifically yes I think so she don't have to <laughs> say it black people no. black people <laughs> it doesn't, does, you know why does she have to because say it if we know it's for us uh, like, debate what? I was wow. like debate with somebody else and it's like when in it's that whole argument well she's not the president vice president of black people she's vice president of everybody like whenever it comes to other groups it's okay to mention them by name whenever it comes to black people even even other black people be okay with oh no we can't do that let's not do that let's not mention us by name let's not worry about whatever i'm tired of that no mention us by name this is what i'm doing for black people Uh uh-huh I don't know why we're like that. George, George says, why. say my name. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I don't, we're so we don't want to have the white because they go yeah. off and start storming buildings and stuff. We were treated horrible and we're still at the end of the day. I mean, like, people on the front line about the immigration I- um, issues and building a wall and against the a wall. And here, meanwhile, our community suffering. But for some reason, we have no reason right. being so vocal against the wall. But it's like when it came, I, for me, I felt a lot. I didn't see that reciprocated from um, the Asian community and the um, Latino community when it came to our it's issues. Not. But I don't know. I don't know why we're like exactly. that. Exactly. I, I today. Felt- <laughs> Nor, nor did you see, nor did you see uh, Asian people out there saying, "Yeah, right. uh, don't build the wall either." You saw us out there with other liberal white fighting people for other and people. other Always Hispanic fighting for everybody people else saying, "Don't build the wall." Right. Liberals are the worst people ever. Asian Asian people yeah. look out for themselves. That that's what Martin Luther King Jr. said. He did say that. He said that's the most dangerous thing 
he said that in one of his speeches. Um, he says the white liberal is the is the most dangerous one because they will tell you to be patient and and they will they will tell you to forego your equality and your freedom exactly. in exchange for a calm atmosphere. Yeah, because I'm like oh, the people turn, in there storming the Capitol. I mean, no, they shouldn't have did it, but I'm like, this is what black people really should have been doing a long time ago. Not acting like savages. No, not that, but just, just that's, I'm saying that, but the fact that they so mad about an election when we got real things, real things to be mad about, man. Yeah, we're dying in the street. They're not dying. They're, They're worried about loss of power. Like when they marched in Charlottesville, uh, what year was that? 2017? 2016? Yeah, he I won. Don't remember the year. I think it was 2017. Okay. They were, they were chanting, Jews will not replace us. You will not replace us. Jews will not replace us. They are worried about being replaced. They are worried about their loss of power and privilege. And they will go to extreme measures to make sure that they keep it. Like I, that's why I get so angry about the whole situation because I can't think I can't tell you how many times I've been in a situation where I felt like I was being discriminated against, and I have you know um, had someone tell me, "Oh, it's not like that. You're not a victim. Well, what are you going to do to help yourself?" And I got to work ten times as hard. We mm-hmm. are conditioned to support white supremacy, right. even as black people. We're conditioned, like. Like, um, you know, I think I brought it up briefly last week when we did the clubhouse, I, or was that last week or the week before? I can't recall. Um, uh, when we did the clubhouse and we were saying that the United States is a geographical location and that that is what binds us together is that, and without that, there's not, there's mm-hmm. not a hierarchy. But they need us to feel like we belong to the United States of America. So when we say things like against, like, oh, America is racist, you're not a patriot. Why why aren't you supporting America in their ability to support and uplift white people? To bring you, you know? down. Because, why don't you support this flag of ours? That's why. Stand for our flag. Right. This is not your country, but stand for our flag. <laughs> right. We've <laughs> so good to you. Yeah, having us in the position or in a place where we feel like we don't belong anywhere. If I had the opportunity, I would be this and that. And that's the land from which our ancestors come from. And and black and, and people say, well, you know, we're all the same. Like, you know, we're connected to our brothers and sisters in Africa. And people in Brazil would say, yeah, we're all connected. It's just a bus stop. Yeah. That's what they say. And now that those reparations smell like they closed. But what were they saying? What were they saying prior to that? I'm not black. I'm Brazilian. I'm not black. I'm Dominican. Well, you know what? Reparations are coming. And you still, you stay <laughs> Dominican mean, and Brazilian, please. That's okay? the caste system. Like, I mean, don't come the here. They, they, they have black people at the, the lowest level. <laughs> the lowest level so people can always look down and say well at least I'm not black I mean it's pretty bad where I, pretty bad where I am but I mean there's always somebody exactly. down at the bottom of me but we keep we keep out we keep outlasting them in a lot of situations I guess that's not the word I'm looking for but we just keep shining either way anyhow despite everything they throw our way absolutely absolutely um so as as far as her uh, white husband, did we address that properly? Nah, he's still mad. 
because like there's tons of brothers with white husbands with white not with white husbands well that's true too but with <laughs> with white women no, no. Uh, yeah you don't agree, don't agree that there's with, a lot of black men with back. white women wanna, you love who you love but I personally believe in the black man and the black woman so I don't know if I'm gonna get married again ever but uh-huh. if I did my life partner is gonna be a black woman and I have uh-huh. a black daughter that I'm raising so she's gonna right. see it. that's that's just how it is right because why, why do you I feel that it's gonna be a black woman that's who I relate that. with that, that is me no, we can appreciate black woman that. is me we can appreciate that so what right. if George what if you get catfish right you meet a woman online and y'all just kiki kiki she's sending you all these pictures of African American <laughs> and then you know you go on the catfish show cause she don't want to FaceTime with you and then she pops up as a lovely I mean she cute too but she just white what do no, you do, do it. she gets to live in I'm not against interracial love but for me I'm I believe in black man and the black woman I, I think we need to strengthen us before we can expand to others here's the here's other question that you uh-huh. know we never know I agree with you a, a woman in power a woman in power a black woman in power can a black man handle it mm. throw the rock and roll mm. <laughs> now mm. when you look at the Kamala and the oh. wow wow <laughs> Wow! Now that's that's a that's something wow. right there that I've never yeah. thought about. Okay, <laughs> I mean, we got black women that ain't the vice president, ain't the whomever, and we got to deal with situations and attitudes uh-huh. and questions and things. So, um, you know what? Yeah, we Oprah ain't even married, Oprah. so I, 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 I can't. I'll be the side dude too. Yeah. <laughs> But um, <laughs> really, I, I, I could handle it. Um, I, well, I think I could. I, I think I can handle it. I've never been in that situation. But I don't. I'm not one of these guys. I don't feel like I can't go out and do whatever I want. I don't. I don't feel like her being at this status makes me to the point where dims your light. Less- it dims your light. Yeah. Like just because she has something doesn't mean you that it changes your dynamic in between your in your between the two of you. Yeah. Like y'all still have a relationship. You're still confident. You're not. Yeah, I'm not intimidated by, by a woman's success. A success. Is that what you're saying? For it to happen, because that is a, a, a different it, it's a different situation. It depends on how you were raised. Also, uh-huh. I will I will say this. I do recall you making a comment about something about women in Atlanta. You know, reach. They have a certain income level or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at how like your mind was that you? No, no. I was, I'm I just. Admit, it does. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You see it a lot here because there's a lot of factors that play here. The men, I've noticed a lot of the men okay. here. They, yeah, in Atlanta, they're not really in Atlanta. In Atlanta, doing it like they should. Okay. You know what I'm saying? They've gotten comfortable with lying on living on a woman or something like that and then also you have a lot of broken homes and what happens when you have a broken home is through no fault of our own that woman might assume might say hey you know what daddy wasn't here yeah no man was here helping us this and that i don't need them i got it on my own so i'm that's how i'm acting now i'm saying 
and so that's why I say in the black community it's going to be hard okay. because we have a lot of broken homes so we have to address those issues the childhood issues before you go into a situation like that because you're going to feel you might feel uh-huh. inferior you know what I'm saying right everybody yeah, yeah it's, the way I feel is everyone needs to be in counseling it, like uh, you know even even if you were raised in a two parent yeah. family everybody has a mama and daddy issue that is is tucked inside somewhere because our parents are not perfect people and we got to recognize that yeah. um you know and that's not just black people i'm saying everybody needs to be in some form of counseling counselors should yeah. be making but big our community bank doesn't right always have access to it <laughs> right like, well that is also a myth as well because you know counseling does not cost a lot of money anymore it is very accessible to us via the internet i I definitely have done counseling online i do counseling on online currently right now i've used better help i've used uh talk space i've used all of those uh well i've only tried the free trial of talk space let me be honest but i use better help and it, it worked very well. And I also have a counselor that I communicate with now via Zoom. If you got a cell phone bill, I know your cell phone bill is over $30. Uh, I did counseling for $31 a month online. And it was very helpful once a week to meet and speak with someone. So to say that it's unaccessible to us is now a lie. Because we can afford that. <laughs> yeah. We might not know about it though. Like uh, what we don't, we can't blame people for what they don't know, and we need to like make we need to normalize we going do. to counseling. Um, we need to like normalize I no therapy. Shame at, hey, I have a therapist. I tried yeah. even try hypnotherapy, and that's pretty good, by the way. Yeah. Um, really? Well, what kind of hypnotherapy? Honest, I have you try? father issues. Tina, you know this very well, and um, uh-huh. I went to hypnotherapy uh-huh. to address some of those. It helped. It helped. Uh-huh. Wow, maybe they can hypnotize me to stay to not, you know, to do well on my Whoa. diet because I'm starting a keto diet. <laughs> I have a question for you though. Tina, how do you know very well about his father issues? Are y'all are y'all related? Are y'all related? Because we speak. <laughs> I have and I have my own father issues. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I'm just curious. Who's asking? <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it yeah. related, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that is that you like every you know, other. You sought like, out a solution to yeah. try to address those daddy daddy issues, which were. I'm pretty sure it's going to help you in your dating life mm-hmm. and also with fathering your I never your thought daughter. Of, I yeah. never thought about hip no. What do they make you do? Like how right. is it? Just give us a they make you no, drink no, that no, they make you drink like that, that. tea. They be like it wasn't like getting get very sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> nah, like, oh, I got to white woman. She tap no. a tea glass on um, a teacup. <laughs> it was just, she, it was really like a really calm room. Like the music was low, but it was calming. Uh, the lights were very dim, and she just had me do different breathing exercises and close my eyes. It is really not hypnotizing with anything. It's getting you to a calm state, to where you can really oh, think relax. Yeah. Yes. Uh. Did you do it more yeah, than once? Like right. Um, I did it one time, and then COVID hit, so oh, okay. I haven't been able to go into her office. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah. That's one other thing. I only feel uh-huh. comfortable with black therapies. So that's who I choose. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. And you can personalize yeah, so your therapy. I think for your therapist. Therapy. I think that's very for important. We black community is yeah. a major trauma. Major trauma has been taught to us. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's like literally yeah. throughout yeah. 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 And I mean, like from the time like we were kids, like we learned, oh God, the police are coming. Like my children, they've never really had a real interaction with police and they see sirens. Like they're afraid of police from what they see on TV. Black people are being killed by police officers. That's trauma to a child who is black. They don't know to trust the police officer or to be like, oh, this is a, Let this me is tell a you, community helper. No, go ahead. You, right? uh-huh. And I got the tickets in there. <laughs> I hate those cars. I traded in for uh, for a different truck, but my daughter came to me. She wanted me to get rid of it. She liked it, but she wanted to get rid of it. She was like, "Daddy, I don't want you speeding because you might get pulled over and the cops might kill you." Man, that was that, was, that hit me. Uh, that was strong. I was like, "How old is your daughter?" Yeah, fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Like going on forty. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. How do you know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seeing how they take it, how they take everything that happens, and she's real cautious. Like we're in the car, she's like, "Daddy, don't speed," or she tells me, "Daddy, I don't want you to get another fast car because I, I, I really don't want anything happening." And I'm like, "Man, this is oh, yeah, it's, it's real." And that's what white people don't seem to recognize or realize, and right. then. You get so, you get in a situation we, and you're fearful and they're like, well, you are resisting. No, I'm afraid for my life because I don't know what you're about to do over something, you know, minor. I really appreciate the conversation. This is a really good um, episode, I think. I'm glad you were able to join us, George, for the Girl Podcast second episode of Girl Podcast for the second season. And, <laughs> and we were able to talk about, you know, how we're going to hold the Biden administration accountable for all of the things they said they would do. Um, and I, I especially appreciate hearing you explain your perspective, because like I said, a lot of times it would seem like you was a Trump supporter. Oh. We want to clear that up. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> Facebook has given me enough fans. I, I expect nothing else on there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should continue to express your opinion. Um, uh, I think it's important. And you, because you expressed your opinion, we want to bring you on here so that we could explore your mind a little bit more. I really, I do hope this administration, I don't hope they fail or anything. I hope they succeed and I hope black people, we are able to get something. So I, I'm, I'm putting my, I gotta, I gotta put my trust in now. Uh-huh. Um, on the other side, there are things that you can personally do that we can do in our own communities to make our lives better, you know? Um, and we have to be involved. We can mentor people. You know, there there are other things that we can do. We got to do what we can from where we are. Yeah, I will also add that. So, yeah, he's the president for the next four years, but we have the midterm um, elections that will be coming up in two years. So, you know, there are candidates that are now probably starting a campaign for the midterm elections. So just being on the lookout for them and what their policy, what they're trying to do, what their policies are or what they're 
um, it's not policy the word I'm looking for you know the word I'm looking for their platform is <laughs> what they're trying to you know push and promote and getting behind them as early as possible because what we saw in this last election was you know it coming down to these two candidates and they say they don't speak for me they don't they, not about me but they're good viable candidates that might have been in the race a long time ago or earlier in the race but they didn't get any traction so just kind of paying attention to people that are kind of up and coming and looking out for like like the collective pack um i know those are some people from howard that you know kind of invest or kind of promote candidates pretty early that join different tickets so that's just something like you said something we can do at a local level yeah and there there was a council there's a guy running for congress he was the guy who called uh the the lady out connie for shopping a line what's his name oh i saw that he asked he asked for connie bernard to uh his name was gary chambers that's his name gary chambers is running for um congress yeah um and he asked he's an activist he asked connie bernard to resign because she's sitting there shopping while they try to change the name of the rob of the robert e lee school that you know they were currently in because of you know everybody was trying to change names of you know from these uh people who owned slaves or people who supported slavery and um yeah so that's that's like keep your eyes on that you know keep your eyes on people like him keep your eyes on anyone who you saw like you say yang is running for mayor of new york you know those are those are people to keep your eye on i, I don't know how i feel about yang so i'm just not gonna say anything i'm just gonna keep my opinion he just spoke I'm to a lot of things support people early that was interesting mm-hmm. but i definitely will yeah. yeah, I think that's all we can do at this point. And, you know, if there's something that doesn't seem right or something we want to speak out about, trying to get the representatives' names and their, I mean, their numbers and, you know, calling their little the line or writing them a letter. I feel like that's what we can do to help, you know, at our level, help kind of hold people to the fire and keep them accountable because it's a government system and it all works together. So, Right, and we also live in the day and age of the cell phone and recording things on the spot, which has really helped us in a lot of ways. Um, George Floyd's murder was recorded on a cell phone by a 17-year-old. If you see law enforcement or someone with any type of power abusing that power, pull your phone out, start recording. Let them know, look, I'm about to put this on blast. Do you want to go viral? You want to go viral? You sure about that? don't be afraid to hold people accountable for what they're supposed to do thank you george for joining us on this episode of girl Uh, thank you for having me yes we had a spirited conversation about politics and how we're going to hold the new administration accountable we do wish them luck we do not want to see america fail and if they do fail us we will hold them accountable we will speak up about it we will not try to cover for them and be like well they didn't have this or that because we have put them in the position to win and i think a large large part of that is the good people of the state of georgia stacy abrams (laughs) yeah Yeah. and so we applaud her we look forward to great things coming out of this new administration 
and um but we're not going to be easy on you i hope that you know that we are not going to be easy on these new lead this new group of leaders we're going to hold them to the fire feet on their neck right and um we're going to get what we want because we're going we deserve it we put them in that office yes we do and i hope black people realize the power we have after saying this yes Thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so would you say a vote counts? A vote matters? Would you say that? I think if it's this is my thoughts, we have to what we have to do is we have to break our strong relation to the Democratic Party. Not saying we can't vote Democrat ever, but we they rely on us. They know they're gonna get the black vote. Um so, so why they're so touchy with Hispanics. And Hispanic things, Latinos, whatever, because they will either vote Republican or Democrat. They don't have allegiance to any party, and they get things done for them. That's what we have to do. Democrats, you can't just rely on the black vote because you rely on it and then you cater to everybody else. Not nah. start yeah, what We also we also have to make sure we rely on the power of money and lobbying those are also very important tools and not enough black people are in those areas and not enough black people with money are participating in the lobbying efforts that take place in washington dc and i can definitely attest to that i just want people to to not be afraid to use the power that we have because we do have power. And a part of recognizing how much power we have is recognizing that it exists because the only type of power I hear black people talk about is our purchasing power. (laughs) When it comes to how much money we spend on mall, at the mall and on- And that's that's where our money should be bottled up. Like if we not, if we don't have an individual person with the money and the power to go doing these do these lobbying efforts somehow some way that money needs to be spent in that way so that we can have influence in these decisions because i don't even think that it's a fair thing that the people with the money can control you know everything that's happening in our life in our lives like that you know medical and you know so all kinds of things they they impact because they have the dollars that's not that's not fair to me so in the situation that we do have the purchasing power and you know that we need to that needs to translate in other ways basically is what i'm trying to say yeah but you know lobbyists are are playing a game of persuasion and their job is to persuade politicians to do certain things so it it would come whether it happened in a form of lobbying it would still be lobbying it would just be more under the table it wouldn't be a policy firm lobbying it would be a person right so that's what i'm saying like bottle that money up and purchasing power is the power we have bottle it up into the form of a person of an organization i don't know yeah you know how put the same pressure on these people exactly if some of these churches weren't afraid to give up their tax exempt status we could definitely as much money as we give to churches they could help us funnel some of that money towards lobbyists we have to risk maybe the tax exempt status, but I think it could definitely happen then. That's wow, be, no, that's interesting. I mean, that should be reviewed at, reviewed at this day. I mean, after the whole Trump administration with the evangelicals, that whole thing needs to be kind of looked at, looked into anyway, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. They did a lot of Absolutely. mixing and matching. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it looks like we got some good ideas going. Maybe we'll have an episode where we speak about these ideas a, a little bit deeper, and we talk about how we can move uh, uh, black Black Americans forward, and how we can hold uh, pol- politicians in the Democratic Party accountable to us. I mean, I know we had this conversation. This conversation is a great start. But now I'm starting to hear ideas come out of you guys. And I really like the ideas that are coming out. And I think that um, if we get those ideas out, maybe they could translate to into a policy. And um, that's the beauty of having these conversations. You never know what you're going to hear. So I'm so happy we had George on. Again, I want to thank him for taking the time out to join Girl Podcast. Thanks, George. Today. Thank you so much for being here. Anytime. Yeah, we appreciate your perspective. And we might be hard on you uh, on the platforms and stuff. Ain't no we. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Somebody threw a shot at me and I refused to talk because I was like, nah, I ain't going to say I hate black women. (laughs) 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 But it was was doing that Lori Harvey discussion. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. You should have made it know that you love black women. (laughs) Yeah, for the record. Yeah, you made it know. It's on tape now. It's recorded forever. Yes. All right, guys. Thank you. What a great episode. Want to be on the podcast? Follow our social media platforms on Facebook and Instagram. Join our live conversations on Clubhouse and let your voice be heard. We are a platform that is willing to dissect and discover other people's opinions. We welcome you. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Girl. There are no shortage of podcast options to choose from. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for listening. And please stay tuned for a preview of next week's episode. Take care. Previews for my next episode. can't remember the last time we had a black leader and we was like yeah that's our leader like do you guys know of a time when we were like I wasn't alive when Martin Luther King Jr. was alive so I can't even speak on that but just imagine if we had a, a Fred Hampton you know or um um MLK well, or Malcolm X that was alive Obama. during that time would we follow him and that's what you know people got him up and they their picture up next to Jesus. That's true. That's true. I, I sadly would not say him because I truly see him as a politician. I didn't see him okay as a politician. I saw him as an activist. I mean, right now, emerging is like Tamika Mallory. I mean, beyond her. Yes, that's a good I don't name. I know what's your name. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> What what do they call her? What do they call Portia? Martin yeah. Luther. Yeah, they probably, Portia Luther they probably King. Leave her That's alone. what they call her. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. But after watching um, the Fred Hampton movie, Judas and the Messiah, I just, I mean, I can see why, you know, we're not, we should not have one 
leader at this point because they will create some type of organized effort to take out that one that one person if somebody is you know unifying and strengthening people it will be you know all all guns are blazing on that one person to dismantle everything so we have to have collective organizations working together to try and you know combat a lot of this systemic racism and I feel like you're right about that um, because like the same thing happened with MLK and JFK and Malcolm X. It's like everyone that tried to, to you know, mobilize and move us forward is no longer alive. It's, yeah, yeah. But I, would, I understand it now. I never... I always saw it as us being complacent though. I always saw it as us being comfortable um, with where we were and not not recognizing the fear that was there. Nipsey Hussle, Tupac Secure, Secure. Well, well, that they were really activists. They were they were conscious rappers. But but you know, they they no, were conscious I, rappers no, I, and they did things doubt. for their neighborhood. You yeah, for Nipsey for Nipsey Hustle, yes, that's exactly what he was. He was a former gang member who did a lot. But for he his was about to talk. But he, he was before he was killed. He was going to talk to who the feds, the LP, somebody about gang, you know, gang stuff. So right, right. But because he, be, but because he, but that's not to, that's no. I don't what, see him that the level. Level, yeah, no, you can't. No, I'm not saying that because I think there are local activists that we have currently, but they're not our leader. You know, there are local people in every city that does that does things that you can think of, like where you're from, where I'm from, and we can name names. But have they made that? that do they have the um, the following that MLK or Malcolm X have? I'm not saying that those don't count. Those all count. But to say that Nipsey Hussle was that, yeah, I mean, I that's think, not true. I think it depends on... That's my opinion. They have to clean their image. You have to have a clean image if you want people to follow you. People aren't going to follow you for different reasons. They're not going to follow you if you have a sordid past, you don't have to be married to be a leader. There are plenty of leaders okay, who have not next. been followed. You leader? What, what are you talking about? Okay, you describe, describe what your leader looks like. Oh well, my leader has my my leader has a, a a reputation that that is one where people can follow. Whether it's like a religion related to it to some degree that people can get behind. Because whether we like to admit it or not, we are a religious country. We do like to hear principles rooted in morals and of progress as a group. Whether we like to say it or not, that we are separate of church and state. We like people who are about families. We like people that sound a particular way and who can, who can speak a certain way and and if those people can't do those things, then we're like, well, they can't be our leader. That's why Al Sharpton hasn't made it that far. 
back to but to to me to consider Tamika, him a leader. Is she you know she Jesse. will eventually get those things or just I'm trying to like well you get what things what what things does she no, have that no, Nipsey doesn't that Nipsey has you tell how about you make the case for Nipsey because he, he has already risked and she don't have a record but then you name other things so I'm just trying okay, to okay so I'm gonna do what you, you know, did connect to those back to Tamika okay I named I described my leader that was my description of a leader tell me what Nipsey had that to that Tamika has a tell me what national movement Nipsey has made or been a part of um, at the forefront of that people who don't listen to rap music can account to or testify to or people who don't live in Compton or California can speak about. A lot of people didn't even know who Nipsey was until he was after his murder. And that's why I'm saying I don't feel like he was there. So me saying that he wasn't there doesn't mean that he could not have been. Doesn't mean it just means that at me as a consumer and person in this country with an opinion whose opinion is very valid and eyes that can see can say that that person was not where people thought he might have been had he lived. That's that's making something of him that he was not. But we could all hope that he would be that. And yeah, we all want that out of a leader. We all want black people to be those things. And I'm not saying I don't want that for- Well, I just want to speak in general here because I think was. that's our challenge and that's why we can't unify. If we're looking for someone to step forward with a clean, Im- clean image that has a pristine reputation, there's people that might be there that can do a great job at being a leader, but they don't have a clean past. They might have been in jail a couple of times. They might be reformed or something like that. But there's so many different, uh, so much pressure that gets put on that person that they may not even, you know, be considered to step forward. So I just feel like people should be given grace and space to have made some mistakes and to come forward, to move forward as a leader. And I think that a lot of times people rise up. I'm going to give Ice Cube, for example. There's many other examples that you say, I have a plan or I have an idea. And we just start picking them apart. Like, nah, dude, you can't. And that's why we get stuck, I think, as a people. Uh Because we just start picking people apart and don't give them a chance to, like, really, you know, state their claim. And again, I'm just using Ice Cube as an example. Not necessarily the model, (laughs) Right, we get it, and I think I think Ice. The reason we we tore Ice Cube apart because we saw him trying to support someone who we saw has not been supportive of us in the past, and we were like, "Wait a minute, Ice Cube, you were here during these other three and a half years, and you saw how Donald Trump was acting. How could you then go and diss the other side that has the opportunity to win in the midst of this? Because you know what's at stake here, and that's why we went after him so bad." But Malcolm X had a record. He, he was, he burglarized and he raped somebody. He served 10 years in prison. Like he was not a perfect person, but he came out, he showed himself reformed on a national level. He used the nation of Islam to help him. And, and he, he moved forward, he moved up the ladder that way. There has to be something behind you there has to be some, uh, you have to have strong leadership to be able to accomplish that in the United States. Definitely have to be that. Yeah, you can't, you can't just be quiet and appeal to one type of group of people because that's not going to work 
for all of the black people that live in the United States of America. We're going to want a strong speaker. We're going to want someone who we feel can represent us. But again, you know, the same. We need someone to speak it's up. It's so for much us. nitpicking that happens. So I don't ever think that we're going to have, because everybody don't agree with Tamika Mallory. Everybody don't have, you know, you know, positive things to say about no, her. No, I don't so, agree with her. And, and it could be either. something so simple. Saying, it yeah. don't even have to be something, uh-huh. you know, uh, you know, monumental in, in what she's doing or saying or have done or whatever. So it's like, I think that we just have to recognize uh-huh. that, you know, we may get somebody that's not going to have a clean record. A lot of us don't have clean records. So we just have to sometimes you know, see what's what's important. We got to do a cost-benefit analysis in this. Are we trying to hit this this end goal, or are we gonna just be like, nah, that person just don't got it. So we just going we just gonna not have anybody move forward. Okay.